It's all quiet in the underground bunker. Doors closed, locks bolted. But the great one isn't just resting on his laurels. He's making sure your weekend is even better by giving you his best. This is the best of Mark Levin. I want to get right to this monologue that was to be aired by Fox at 8 p.m. Eastern Time uh, on Life, Liberty, and Levin, but because we were canceled, uh, you were unable to hear it. But it is up on Fox now uh, on the Internet, and I wanted to play it for you. So this is what you would have heard on Life, Liberty, and Levin at the opening monologue. Go. I want to get back to basics with you folks. Russia has invaded Ukraine. There's an awful lot of people out there on the left and the right who say, who cares? It's none of our business. Why does it matter? We're not going to secure our own border. Why do we care about the border between Russia and Ukraine? Well, that's an interesting argument, except we do care about our southern border, whether Biden does or not. We, red-blooded Americans, care about America's sovereignty. We also care about our alliances. What do we have alliances for? We have alliances with dozens, scores of countries all over the world. Why? Because we put America first to protect this country. We have forward bases in Europe. Should we remove them? We have forward bases in Asia. Should we remove them? We have forward bases in Africa. We even have them in Antarctica. We have them in the Middle East. Should we remove them all? Why are they there? Are they there to protect the United States of America? Yeah, I think they are. You see, the Atlantic Ocean, the Pacific Ocean aren't big enough anymore, and we've moved on from 18th century military tactics. We now live in a world of intercontinental ballistic missiles with nuclear warheads on them. Interesting, Ukraine doesn't have any, and none of them, of course, would be aimed at the United States. Russia has thousands of them, and thousands of them are aimed at the United States. Russia is way ahead in building hypersonic missiles. What's the purpose of a hypersonic missile? To hit Kiev? No. It's to get around America's defenses and hit Los Angeles and Chicago and New York and anything else they want to hit. Imagine a nuclear warhead on a hypersonic missile that we can't stop. In fact, we won't know really if it's even upon us until it's upon us. They can take out our electrical grid with their satellites. So this is a very serious matter, don't you think, folks? Uh, Most wars don't start in Lawrence, Kansas. They don't start in Newark, New Jersey. They start overseas. That's where the big wars start. Appeasement encourages evil and encourages war makers, encourages genocide. Haven't we learned that? If Ukraine is not an ally, is Australia, is New Zealand? We have alliances with them, defense alliances with them. If they're not allies, how about Taiwan? Do we have any obligation to Taiwan all these years after the communist revolution on the so-called mainland? How about South Korea? What are we doing in South Korea? Why did we fight a war in South Korea and North Korea on that peninsula? I can go all around the world and pick these different regions. Should we not be there? The people who are the isolationists and call people like me neocons, which is a pejorative use to attack Jews these days, because the original neoconservatives were Democrats and Jews who'd been supporting liberal Democrats for office. In the late 50s, early 60s, they switched to the Republican Party over national security. So it's a very clever way, really not so clever, backdoor the Jews. You take my word for this, because I'm not knee-jerk on this stuff. What do they mean by this? 
No, it's the neo-appeasers, the neo-sellouts. It is the, the Russophiles, if you will, who are a huge problem to me as far as I'm concerned now. They never denounce Putin. Putin is a killer. He's a mass murderer. He's old KGB. He worked with the mob in Russia to take out oligarchs that he disagreed with, stole their money. The guy's worth tens of billions of dollars. His, uh, his tactics have reached outside Russia, killing people with whom he disagrees. You see what he did to Crimea. You see what he did to Georgia. You see what he did to the eastern end of, uh, of uh, Ukraine. And you see what he's doing today. And he gave a speech the other day that should leave no doubt. It was a Stalinist-like speech. And he said, you know, the greatest disaster of the last century wasn't World War II, wasn't World War I, wasn't the Holocaust, it was the collapse of the old Soviet Union. Well, what was the old Soviet Union? It was a post-World War II um, aggregation, mostly, of separate nations that Stalin conquered. And Putin longs for those days. Now, if Ukraine isn't worth defending, then what is? Now, I'm not talking about sending troops. And you also get this line, you're not going to fight. Are your children going to fight? Uh, why, do we have a draft? I think we have an all-volunteer military where people volunteered. Now, that doesn't mean we support endless wars. That doesn't mean we support war at all. Who is proposing sending ground troops into Ukraine? Can you name one person in the Biden administration? Can you name one Republican in the Senate or the House? Can you name one person who's proposing sending ground troops into Ukraine? None. So why do they make this argument? It's not a serious argument. Now, why don't we look at a world map? In fact, we don't have to look at a world map. Why don't we look at the countries that are around Ukraine, particularly on the west side? Well, there's one. It's called Hungary. Are we not going to help defend Hungary? I think we're obligated to. Oh, there's another one. It's called Poland. Are we not going to defend Poland? I think we're obligated to. Not because Marx says so, because we have treaty uh, treaties with these countries. We have NATO arrangements with these countries. We have the Balkan states. Now, Putin would love nothing more than to take the Balkan states. Why is it that Hungary, Poland, the Balkan states are all scared to death about what's taking place in Ukraine? If you support those countries and Eastern Europe, these newly free countries, they are big allies of the United States. They're all opposed to what Putin's doing. All of them. Well, why? Because they know what he's capable of. And that speech he gave the other day should leave no doubt. Now, I'm not making any excuses for Joe Biden. Joe Biden is a disaster. What Joe Biden did in Afghanistan opened the door to Putin. Putin was preparing in advance anyway. Xi is examining what's taking place now, and he's thrilled because he wants to take Taiwan the way he already took Hong Kong. What about the inbred, Un, in North Korea? You think he's not looking at South Korea? What about this regime in Tehran, the mass-murdering jihadists in Tehran? They're within a whisker of having a nuclear warhead on an intercontinental missile, and Biden's about to give it to them. What do you think the Israelis are thinking? Should we just withdraw from everywhere, ladies and gentlemen? And if not, maybe our new friends on the right and the left can tell us what their doctrine is. Where do we draw our lines? What alliances should we have? What bases should we close? Should we slash the United States military by 75 percent? You know what this sounds like to me? In addition to insanity, sounds like we have a George McGovern wing of the Republican Party. There's always been one in the Democrat Party. 
Now, just because you support America first foreign policy, just because you're a red blooded American who has a little knowledge of American history and how these things can get out of control into a world war where your kids really will be drafted into war and so forth. Just because you understand how fascists work and Marxists work, that they're not satisfied with the most recent gain. They want the next one and the next one and the next one. Doesn't mean you're part of the Washington industrial complex, does it? It doesn't mean you're working for a federal contractor, does it? It doesn't mean you're a neocon, does it? It doesn't mean you're brainwashed by by media, does it? No, I think we can think for ourselves, those of us who study history and those of us who understand Putin. Putin is an old KGB killer. He was secreted into East Germany, where he did very nasty things. He took over his country. First, he was deputy mayor of St. Petersburg, and he worked his way up, working with the mob and the oligarchs, using blackmail, kidnapping, and other techniques to work his way up the ladder. Then what did he do? He threatened the president of Russia at the time, who drank heavily, but then again was an ally of the West, with prosecution and imprisonment. Should he take over the country at some point? He cut a deal with him. He blackmailed him. He eventually becomes the president of Russia, and he never gives it up. Oh, he gave it up once for Medvedev, or whatever the hell the guy's name was, but he was a puppet, and he hasn't given it up since. Hasn't given it up since. Now, what about the president of Ukraine? We're told he's a dictator. They don't have a democracy in Ukraine. Yes, they do have a democracy in Ukraine, just as we had one in the 1860s that was almost overturned from our civil war. You'll find that many of the people who think the president of Ukraine is a dictator think that Lincoln was a dictator during the Civil War. Let me tell you a little story. This is a footnote. People talk a lot about how Lincoln unilaterally suspended habeas corpus, which he did in violation of the Constitution. Only Congress can suspend habeas corpus, although I think our activist courts today would say only they could. But nonetheless, why did he do that? Because he was a dictator? No, he did it because we lost the first battle of Bull Run which meant the new Confederate Army was right across the Potomac River from the White House, the Capitol building, and the Supreme Court, the nation's capital, which was also the capital of the Union. There wasn't a great army to defend the city. So Lincoln calls in for troops, militia from Massachusetts. In order to get down to Washington, they have to take a train through a city, you might have heard of it before, called Baltimore. The problem was a significant percentage of the population of Baltimore, which was a huge eastern uh, city in a state that was really half slave and half not, Maryland. There were violent riots. And when the Massachusetts militia tried to come down, they attacked it and they outnumbered it and they injured and killed some of them. So Lincoln couldn't get the militia to Washington to defend Washington from potentially an attack from the south. He was also concerned about attack from the north, Maryland. And so he tells his his generals, "Okay, any rioters violently attacking our troops on the way to Washington to protect our city, throw them in jail. Now, Mr. Lincoln, you know, that violates the Constitution. And you know what he said? We're not going to have a Constitution. Well, what about due process? You know what he said? We don't have courts functioning right now to handle cases of habeas corpus. We must get our army down here to protect the Capitol. Things like that happen when a country's exploding, like Ukraine. And the opposition leader 
in Ukraine is not some kind of peacenik who's a Democrat. He's sympathetic to Putin. I bet you didn't know that. So what does Ukraine have to do with us? Everything. It doesn't mean you're stupid and you send ground troops into Ukraine to get chewed up. But it doesn't mean you're stupid and you pretend it has nothing to do with us. I think I read something from J.D. Vance, who wants to be the senator from Ohio, who, who didn't vote for Trump the first time around, uh, who is now a populist, uh, having come off uh, his hedge fund work, I suppose. And he put out some statements saying, uh, I don't really care what's happening in Ukraine. That man should never serve in the United States Senate, ever. If all of our allies don't care about what happens in the United States, we are doomed. Now, I don't think we're globalists. We're America first types. And that's why we have the, uh, the bases that we have. That's why we need to build up the United States military. There are evil forces out there, whether they're Marxist, whether they're fascist, whether, whatever they are. How much more evidence do we need that Putin is evil based on what he's already done? And he's not done. He's basically told us he's not done. So there's a lot of reasons that we have to be concerned about what's happening in Ukraine. There's a lot of reasons we have to be concerned about the current commander in chief. There's a lot of reasons that you should be furious that the United States Congress hasn't built up the United States military further, peace through strength. There's a lot of concern about the alliance between communist China and fascistic Russia, a lot. Why are they aligned with each other? And why do we have to pick one or the other? Why do we have to pick one border or the other? We are red-blooded Americans. You and I, we are conservatives, constitutional conservatives. We're not ideologues. Foreign policy is about prudence, judgment, about America's security, not ideology. These oceans aren't big enough to protect us anymore. And if you want to be an ostrich and stick your head in the sand and pretend these things will go away if you behave yourself or if you ignore these things, you're asking to get wiped out. So no, I'm not a radical interventionist, but I'll be damned if I'm a McGovernite too. Use your own head. Look at the history of the world. Look at the United States. You'll come to the right conclusion. Now I'm live, ladies and gentlemen, and that is the monologue you would have heard on Sunday. But you got to hear it now. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Making your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. I would like to play this so all the corporatists, broadcast companies, newspaper companies, and their ilk 
could hear this. This is a precinct in Houston today where there is voting taking place in the Democrat and Republican primaries. Very important election. I want to I want you to take a listen to this hat tip right scoop cut 16 go. With this election, you can vote in any precinct. No, you, said, you said the Republican side is not what? We, we, I don't have staff, so we are closed right now. So for the Democrat, I can vote Democrat? You can vote Democrat. But not Republican. Not Republican. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. Thank you. Have you ever heard anything like this? I don't have staff, so we are closed right now. So I can vote Democrat, but not Republican? Not Republican. I'm sorry. How do you like that, folks? We have some more good stuff from me from Project Veritas. I don't know what else to do. I've got to move to a lot of a lot of these different subjects that I didn't get to in the first two hours. Guy by the name of Mike Schmidt. He's a leftist. He's a uh, he's a pretend reporter, and uh, he tries to enlist Project Veritas journalists as a source for Ashley Biden's quote stupid effing diary unquote. So he's trying to enlist Project Veritas to assist him on Ashley Biden's diary. Cut 17, go. I'm just trying to figure out what happened with the stupid diary. Would you be the first organization on the face of the earth to go out and, and buy something in the middle of a political election and try and publish a story? No. There's a, you know, a stream of American journalism in that area. I got a pile of shit on a table, right? Mm. Of a bunch of shit that happened around this PV stuff, right? I'm trying to sort through what's right and what's not right in the hopes of getting the story right. That's my only goal. I've got like different accusations, different allegations. We've got some police reports. I tend to look at a police report, give it a little more credibility, whatever. So what I'm saying to you is I'm saying like, the more that you level with me, the, the more that I'm going to have a sense of what the, of what of what to look at is the right the right stuff and what's the wrong stuff. But if I was in the business of saying to people like you, "Hey, look, level with me. I'm trying to figure out the facts," and turn around and f- you, then then I wouldn't be able to do what I do. I just wouldn't, and it would also be the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm some moralist or like whatever. I'm just some dude. Out there in the blank notepad, the crazy world, trying to figure out what's going on. All right, first of all, what's happening here is he's trying to uh, throw a fast one by Project Veritas. I'm just here, really, it's the reverse, it, it, to help you. Tell me what happened with the diary. He's trying to set them up. Of course, nothing happened with the diary. It came to them, and they didn't ask for it. And they didn't use it. So this guy, Mike Schmidt at the New York Times, is trying to sucker punch them. And he's also trying to uh, to screw them. And he's got a foul mouth with the F this and the F that and the S this and the S that. Because he works for the New York Times and this is what they do. It's a real punk. Used to be a conservative reporter, by the way. A lot of these guys flip. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. You're listening to the best of Mark Levin. We continue here behind this microphone to root for the Ukrainian people and hope that they will take out as many of the enemy as possible. There's some concern Putin will resort to chemical weapons, which he has done in Syria before. Backing the Syrians in that regard. Uh, We should not romanticize what is taking place here. Ukrainian people are truly courageous people. And their president will go down in history for a thousand years. But they're still fighting a very formidable army. Has the army been slowed? Yes. But that means they can get hungrier and angrier and even more violent. I'm noticing and I'm pleased that so many countries around the world are finally providing the Ukrainians with military support. They're not asking for latkes or easy-bake ovens or uh, blankets. No, no. They want weapons to defend themselves. And the EU is providing them, Germany's providing them, Sweden's providing them, and so forth and so on. And these economic sanctions seem to be having a real pinch. But you know what's bothering me? I don't feel like the United States has taken the lead in this at all. And you better believe that if something good comes out of this, Biden's going to take credit for the whole thing. It's like with the virus. There's no credit to be taken here. The Ukrainians should have been armed up early on. They should have had more jets early on. So they have more capacity to defend themselves and go on the offense. Because when you're defending yourself, the goal is to go on the offense. That's what my father always told me. Don't sit there and be a punching bag. Hit the other guy square in the nose. That's playing defense and offense. White House keeps announcing new sanctions. I do not understand why we're just not unloading crushing sanctions. I used this line the other night. And it was picked up by the usual plagiarists out there, the Washington types, regurgitating this. Right scoop gave credit to the wrong individual. That's okay. This is what I said Friday on radio. Cut one, go. You know, folks, let me say this. These sanctions that we're putting in place are really not our sanctions. They're the sanctions that the Europeans will agree to and nothing more. Germany is a weak link. Germany is a weak link. And Germany, so rather now, than Germany just reversed itself. Now they're providing weapons. Now they're agreeing to cut off some of this swift economic activity, swift system, as they call it. Because now they see they're about to get pulled into this war, too. Go ahead. Do you realize we're not putting sanctions on the Russian energy industry? Let me repeat that. We're not putting sanctions on the Russian energy industry. So let me put a fine point on this and underscore this. And I bet. And by the way, this. to my knowledge, we're still not putting sanctions on the Russian energy industry. 
It's absolutely insane. Go ahead, Mara. But that's good. They're all listening and writing. Joe Biden has put greater sanctions on our own energy industry than on Russia's. Let me repeat that for the slow of hearing. Joe Biden has put greater sanctions on the American energy industry than he has on the Russian energy industry. He has prevented drilling on federal lands. The problem is the federal government owns about 25% of the land mass of this country, where much of our natural resources are. Our natural resources aren't in Newark, New Jersey. They're not in Scranton, Pennsylvania. They're in the great Midwest and the West and off the coasts, much of which has been nationalized by our government. And then on top of that, the regulations and uh, what he did, he reversed on Anwar. So let me repeat, if you're going to sanction our own energy industry and not sanction the Russian energy industry, what the hell do you think is going to happen? People are buying Russian oil and gas and they can't get it from us. And we're among the ones buying it. All right, enough said. Maybe Right Scoop will correct that. But that said, yes, Biden has placed more sanctions and harsher sanctions on our oil industry than on the Russian oil industry. And that is the case as I speak today. Today. 26%. We import 26% of natural gas in this country. And we don't need to. But he keeps pushing this Marxist, green, new schlemiel deal, and it's really outrageous. Here's Jen Psaki. Still going at it. Cut three, Mr. Producer. Cut three. Go. Well, first, George, I think on the energy sector, the way that the president, President Biden, has approached sanctions is we want to take every step to maximize the impact and the consequences on President Putin while minimizing the impact on the American people and the global community. And so energy sanctions are certainly on the table. We have not taken those off, but we also want to do that and make sure we're minimizing the impact on the global marketplace and do it in a united way. I would say that the congressman's recommendations there, the Keystone Pipeline, Pipeline was not processing oil through the system. That does not solve any problems. That's but it would have been processing oil through the system. You need to f- finish that pipeline and others. Get these things online. Get them pumping away. Get them working. We don't know where this war is leading. Destroy the one industry the Russians have. Oil. That's their only industry. That and vodka. But that's it. That's their only industry of any consequence. You flood the market. You kill their industry. You, quote-unquote, defund their military. This is a major national security tool. Go ahead. Maybe a, a, a misdiagnosis of what needs to happen. I would also note that on oil leases, what this actually justifies in President Biden's view is the fact that we need to reduce our dependence on foreign oil. On we had oil- reduced our dependence on foreign oil. We were an energy independent nation, but I don't know how many tanks run on solar power. We're dealing with nitwits here. We're truly dealing with, with pathetically stupid people. Pathetically stupid people. Tell me, ladies and gentlemen, how do we run a military 
on batteries, on wind power, on solar power. Anybody know? Nobody knows. It's so stupid. And this is this demonstrates uh, how right we are. How right we are. Brad Sherman, who's a creepy left-wing goon from California, here he is on MSNBC yesterday. Go ahead. What do you make of these sanctions? Do you think they'll make any difference when it comes to Putin's movements inside Ukraine? Not really. This is uh, Putin. He's talking about America's sanctions. Even this guy gets it. He's talking about American sanctions. Ladies and gentlemen, the most effective sanctions right now are being unleashed by the European Union, by the NATO countries, even by Germany. We're like following some other uh, leader. Our leader, so-called, isn't doing it. He's not leading. Really quite, quite worrisome. Go ahead. Affecting at least uh, hundreds and hundreds of, of, uh, of casualties. Um, these sanctions are actually rather modest uh, compared to what we did to Iran back in 2014. Now, this uh, guy is a hardcore pro-Biden, pro-Democrat leftist, this guy, Sherman. He sees it. He sees it. Go ahead. The SWIFT system to cut them out of uh, international banking. And the reason we did it is because uh, both the United States, but particularly Europe, want to keep buying Russian oil and natural gas and uh, want to keep paying for it. And of course, need a banking system to pay for it. So I, I think the uh, the sanction against Putin personally is uh, uh, an attack, you know, a, a, a public relations action. Uh, he'll take it as a slap in the face, but uh, it's not near um, the kind of sanctions that would really hit the, uh, the Russian economy. All right. He's exactly right. And we still need more sanctions. Heavy sanctions from the United States, the greatest industrial power on the face of the earth. And we're not getting them. You can hear on TV the Russian economy is dying and everything. <clears throat> the Russians are used to living with very little, especially the government that, that controls the military. But we can crush their economy. Ronald Reagan crushed their economy. We can do this. But there's got to be some kind of leadership out of the United States. Not taking credit for stuff, but actually doing stuff. And we're not doing nearly enough. And we can do a lot more. But we're not doing nearly enough. It's a big problem. A lot more when I return. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. The Great One makes your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. Look, I disagree with certain friends and many foes alike on this issue. The idea that five or six presidents and administrations have created a scenario in which Russia has no choice but to invade Ukraine seems to me absolutely absurd. Absolutely absurd. Nobody's threatening Russia. Ukraine denuclearized in 1994. Uh, nobody's threatening them. 
and I don't buy into Putin's lies and his rhetoric. Who's threatening? Which country is threatening him? Which country even dares to threaten an army that's 50 times bigger than theirs? And a megalomaniac who they know will attack them. None. None. Nobody's threatening him. Nobody's threatening Russia. This is Putin holding on to power. This isn't even about Russia. This is about Putin. And his legacy. That's what it's about. Russia needs its space, we hear. Space for what? What are they talking about? Who knows what they're talking about? Like Belarus, is I really an independent country now? It's obvious it's not. Kazakhstan, is I really an independent country now? No, that's a Putin thug who runs that country. You can go through six or seven of these so-called countries, and they're basically controlled by Putin. But he wants them all. He basically said so the other night. He said so the other night. The people in Ukraine, they are fighting for their lives. They are fighting for their country. And they deserve our support. If you're not going to give them support, at least pray for them. Ukraine has never had nuclear missiles aimed at us. They're not trying to build a technologically advanced missile system for us. They're not building alliances with communist China against us. Or the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran against us? And what next? I don't understand. How stupid some people can be. It really is amazing to me. And I want to say this. Joe Biden said something today that was correct. In addition to all the other stuff he has said. And that is that we will defend every inch of NATO territory. We are committed to this. We have no choice. And Putin knows this. He knows it. The whole world knows it. Now, if you want to see more American boys and ladies die, then you listen to these neocon artists, the sellouts and the appeasers. You listen to them. Then you'll see what the Iranians do. Then you'll see what these terrorist groups do. Then you'll see what the communist Chinese do. And more of Russia vis-a-vis NATO. This isn't predictable. This is a fact. An absolute fact. It's just shocking to me. How many people fall for this crap? You see what's going on. You see what's going on. You see that Russia is bombarding these Ukrainian towns and cities, just killing people willy-nilly. The Ukrainians are fighting back. They're trying to fight back. They're putting up a spirited fight in certain parts of the country, but they're, they're overwhelmed in other parts of the country. They're handing out weapons to their citizens. There are three million, three and a half million people who live in Kiev. Their second biggest country is already taken over by the Russians on the, on the eastern border. Hungary, Poland, Romania, the Balkan states, they're all muscling up. 
worried about what Russia's going to do. And you should worry about it, too. These clowns, what does this have to do with us? What do you mean, what does it have to do with us? What does it have to do with us? I don't know. Why did my grandfather fight in Iwo Jima and Guam? What does that have to do with us? Why did my great uncle fight in Guadalcanal? What does that have to do with us? Why did men all over this country go to Europe, go to North Africa, all over the world to fight the enemy? Why did they do that? It's so far away after all. And they didn't even have intercontinental ballistic missiles with nuclear warheads. These genocidal maniacs do. You have to have a rather perverse view of America first in this country to suggest that it is we who provoked this mental patient, Putin, who's murdered his way to the top. Or that we have provoked this mental patient, G, who's got two and a half million Muslims in concentration camps. Who's already destroyed Hong Kong and wants to destroy Taiwan. That's not us. Some of these people, the American first crowd, who you hear and see and read, sound like the America last crowd, like Bernie Sanders. Like the American Marxists, like AOC, I don't see a dime's worth of difference among them. And don't throw out stupid arguments. This audience isn't stupid. Conservatives, patriots aren't stupid. If we don't secure the southern border, why are we helping somebody else with their border? What kind of a stupid argument is that? We should secure our border. But the reason the other border needs to be secured too is to protect us. Our alliances, our allies, and ultimately us. Us. The greatest generation. It's almost gone. They would understand every bit of this. The greatest generation would understand every bit of it. What if Putin invades... Latvia or Lithuania? What if he invades Poland or Slovakia or Romania or Hungary or Bulgaria? What then? Poland to the west, Slovakia to the west, Hungary to the west, Romania to the southwest, Moldova. Ever hear of Moldova? Oh, yeah. All on the border. What's the next excuse? He's already used the Hitler excuse. A lot of Russians in these areas, ethnic Russians, they speak Russian. It's like the Sudetenland, you know. A lot of Germans. All right, you can have it. I can hear the same voices today. What do we care about the Sudetenland? What do we care? What, do you want a world war? What do we care about Czechoslovakia? Remember that? That was next. What do we care about Czechoslovakia? We're a war. I can't even spell it. Why do we care? Then Poland. And the American isolationists still weren't convinced. They go to war with England. The American isolationists still aren't convinced. 
Then we're finally hit in Pearl Harbor by the Japanese. They and the Germans declare war on us and the Italians. Now finally we're convinced. But we're way behind the eight ball. We haven't built up our military. All those four bases we have in Europe, ladies and gentlemen, we earn those damn bases. With American blood and guts, we earn those damn bases. All those bases, we earned them. Guam, we earned it. That's a fact. What, the grandchildren and great-grandchildren of the men who fought should bleed and die on those lands because of stupid decisions that we might make here? Well, well, what does that have to do with us after all? It's all the way over there. It's all the way over there. And if you dare to say what I say, obviously you want a world war, a nuclear war. You're a chicken hawk, and you won't send your kids. This, This is the kind of moronic insanity that we hear as Putin is marching through another country that provoked no one and nothing. He's being defended here at home while people are saying, hey, pay attention, pay attention. People, how, how did this happen, the Third Reich? How did it happen? Mao took China. How did, how did these things happen? Stop. How did that? Well, now you see how they happen. We get home, we don't build up our military, we have a moron of its president, we have clowns on radio and TV, many clowns in Washington, D.C., and the enemy marches on, depending on the clowns. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. We're giving you nothing but the best, the best of Mark Levin. I want to touch on a few other matters while we're here. I don't get this. This is from Politico, which is a reliably left-wing site, but nonetheless. Department of Justice shuts down China-focused anti-espionage program. Now, we hit on this the other day, but not enough. The China initiative is being cast aside largely because of perceptions that it unfairly painted Chinese Americans and U.S. residents of Chinese origin as disloyal. Now listen to this. By grouping cases under the China Initiative rubric, we help give rise to a harmful perception that the department applies a lowered standard to investigate and prosecute criminal conduct related to that country, or that we in some way view people with racial, ethnic, or familial ties to China differently said Assistant Attorney General for National Security Matthew Olson for delivery at the George Mason University in Virginia. But Justice's top national security official insisted that the decision amounted to a reframing and recalibration, not an abandonment, of muscular law enforcement response to the national security threat posed by the People's Republic of China. So let me get this straight. Communist China is... It's not even a close second. Is by far number one in terms of stealing our information. They have a massive espionage program in our own country. The FBI has said they're the greatest threat. The CIA has said they're the greatest threat. Everybody knows they're the greatest threat. 
But we should eliminate this initiative, which was supported by Democrats and Republicans alike when it was first put in place, because it, it creates a pejorative about Chinese people. My God, do we, do we hate ourselves as a people. My God, do we want to destroy ourselves from within. DOJ will no longer use the framework of the China Initiative to organize or to describe our efforts to counter threats by the PRC government, Olson told reporters Wednesday, as he announced the results of a nearly four-month-long review of the China-focused program. We're ending the China Initiative. Do you know why they're ending the China Initiative? You want to know the truth now? Because they're appeasing China. It's not the surface-level title... It's not the ethnicity issue, of which there's none. If this were the Swedish initiative, because the Swedes are stealing our technology, nobody would say a word. We're talking about communist China, not Chinese people. Communist China. Good God, how stupid are we? Why are they doing away with this? They're appeasing Xi. And this was, is, is, is part and parcel of what will lead to the attack on Taiwan. It's interesting, and I, don't, I didn't ask Mr. Producer to go back because I don't need to prove it. It's fact. Those of you who have listened. I said Taiwan would be an extremist if Biden wins. Israel would be an extremist if Biden wins. Ukraine I didn't mention, but I should have mentioned. I'm convinced that we need a broader approach, one that looks across all the threats and uses all the authorities to combat them, says this clown. Olson said that abandoning the organizational framework of the China Initiative should not be seen as minimizing what the Justice Department still views as determined and nefarious efforts by the Chinese government. Well, why do you call it the Chinese government? You're not going to call it the Chinese Initiative. You're not going to call I mean, you can't call it the Chinese virus. You can't call it the Chinese government anymore. You got to call it something else. Maybe we'll ask Dan Snyder over there at the formerly named Redskins and other commanders. Maybe he'll come up with a name for us. You know, Mr. Producer? What was the other name? The Admirals or something? Department of Justice is going to continue to aggressively, and they go on. They're appeasing communist China. God, I hope we throw these bums out in a, an election that will be historic by every and any standard starting in 2022. And then I hope we throw out McConnell and his losers and put some really fresh, energetic, motivated leadership into the Republicans of the Senate because they are drab and old and pot-bellied and all the rest. Woman who broadcast January 6th live on Facebook sentenced to 45 days in jail and a $5,000 fine. Our friends at Epic Times, Joseph Hanneman, a California woman who broadcast her trip through the U.S. Capitol on Facebook on January 6th, was sentenced to 45 days in jail and levied a $5,000 fine by U.S. District Senior Judge Reggie Walton. I've never been a fan of this guy, Walton. I don't care if Bush appointed him or not. Who lectured her for blaming Black Lives Matter and Antifa for some of the violence that day 
when that obviously was not the case. Why are these judges lecturing these people about what they've said? There's a First Amendment right for people to say things that are right, things say that are controversial, things that are wrong. Why are these judges lecturing these people, unlike other people, and then throwing the book at them for trespassing? Imelda Acosta, who was described in court documents by her social media name, Mariposa Castro, was sentenced in U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia Federal Court on one count of parading, demonstrating, or picketing in the Capitol building, a misdemeanor. She's parading and picketing and marching. And she's going to jail for 45 days. And for all I know, she's already been serving time in jail. As part of the plea agreement, several other charges were dismissed. Like what? Clips from her 47 minutes of Facebook broadcast were played by Prosecutor Jordan Koenig at the sentencing hearing. Koenig argued for a 60-day jail term. I'll bet they used her tape to go after other people. Government sentencing memo cited statements Acosta made on the live stream, including, we're coming and this is war. Well, who cares? She didn't do anything violent. You're sentencing her for something she said while trespassing? During one broadcast, Acosta said, we're breaking in, we're breaking in, we're doing this, we're breaking in, right? We're taking our house back and so forth. Well, did she break anything? She's not charged with that. Did she hit anybody? She's not charged with that. Did she have a weapon? She's not charged with that. So who cares what she said? Judge Walton said jail time is a necessary punishment to send a message to others who harbor a similar mindset. So if you harbor a mindset, this is an example. Don't harbor that mindset or you're going to jail. Do you believe this, Mr. Producer? This is a federal judge. It is my view that in order for people to understand that if you're going to engage in the type of behavior that you engaged in, What behavior? Filming inside the Capitol building? She's guilty of trespassing? Did Code Pink get this kind of lecture? Did anybody else who protested on behalf of the Democrat Party and Democrat surrogates during the Kavanaugh hearings or any other issue that they didn't like? Did they all get this lecture? Did they all serve 45 to 60? Of course not. If you're going to make that statements that you made on that day in reference to what was uh, occurring, and then if you're going to disseminate that information to others, there has to be a penalty for it. This should be appealed, but apparently not. She pled to this. And I would say this to Judge Walton. Do you even comprehend what the First Amendment's about? What the hell are you talking about? It's one thing to say you trespassed, and so I'm going to throw the book at you, which will be bad enough. But that's not what you're saying. What you're saying is you didn't like what she said. You know what, ladies and gentlemen, I'm doing these stories, but my mind is elsewhere. It's with this Russia-Ukrainian thing. And as I speak, there's a big battle going on outside of Kiev for, for the military base there. A big battle going on for the military base. Unbelievable. 